Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So I would like to distance myself from what we're about to do. Unless it turns out to be funny, then I will take credit for having chosen it. Fair enough. Uh, we were told ahead of time that this joke is... It's brutal, Michael said. Is that right, Michael? It's on the edge yes, of whether or not it's appropriate mean. to play. Okay. Well, let's it's hear. mean to whom? Well, let's just play it. An ex-girlfriend of Republican Congressman Matt Gates reportedly testified yesterday before a federal grand jury. After being thanked for cooperating, she said, hey, anything to get out of gym class. <laughs> oh, yeah, I get it. Oh, my God. Yeah, well, you know, making that sort of joke about him is, uh, is appropriate. He fancies teenage dates. It would seem. And then, you know, patriotism is the last refuge of scoundrels. That's actually that's a saying that was it was about a specific person back in the day in England. But uh, often, echoing like Trumpy rhetoric is the last refuge of scoundrels these days. Or, or claiming it's racism on the other side. That's the left, last refuge of scoundrels. I'm looking at you, Juicy Smollett. Wall Street Journal out with a story right now. Pharmacies cutting hours and staff shortages across the country. I know hospitals are having the same sort of thing. Schools are having the same sort of thing. Everywhere you work is having the same sort of thing. Are you trying to tell me it's possible my pharmacy will get even surlier? (laughs) Good Lord. I know. I know. Those poor people. I feel bad for them. Yeah, I guess. I always try to cut them some slack, but sometimes I have to remind them to cut me some slack. All right. All I'm trying to do is get this medicine for a sick person. All right. Don't yell at me. The (laughs) anger is just thick in the air. You walk in and they're angry. Yeah, I don't blame them. Somebody's yelling at somebody else. They can't find something. You got somebody in the drive. They get lined up in the drive through. Everybody's just stressed. Oh, well, one of my best friend's wife went to a pharmacy school and became a pharmacist. So you got to be a super smart like chemistry genius to become a pharmacist. And then yeah, what, but not the techs. And then what do you do when you get the job? You spend all your time dealing with freaking insurance companies and computer programs for your store and angry customers. Well, yeah, I've <laughs> never had any problem with the pharmacist. It's always the techs who are so stressed out and, and pissed off that you're there to get medicine. Mm. So I think we now know what happened on January 6th. Been wondering all along. I think we now know. I think it's a little weird. That uh, so he had the anniversary a week ago, and, and a lot of people were saying, "Wait, you keep calling it an insurrection. Nobody's been charged with an insurrection. You keep calling it this, and nobody's been charged with that." And then all of a sudden, now we've got some people charged with this. But, um, and the headline in the Washington Examiner by I'm having a senior moment, Byron York, uh, is the LARP Rebellion. LARP is live action role playing. So oh. he's, he's not taking a charitable view towards some of these people that uh, get dressed up in costumes and uh, do these sorts of things. Well, my view is somewhere in the middle, but I'll make that clear in a bit. Okay. A grand jury looking into the events of January 6th has returned a seditious conspiracy indictment. It's one of the few times in our nation's history we've ever charged anybody with that. Against Stuart Rhodes, he's the head of the militia group The Oath Keepers and 10 other members of his organization. They are the people that showed up with uh, zip ties and uh, and and organization and uh, and and military gear and and lined up and and had a plan. Those are the ones. So if you've been wondering all along, they're the ones that were doing that. 
They were very upset about Joe Biden's victory in the presidential election, which they viewed as rigged. They were constantly chatting about it with each other on various encrypted platforms. On December 11th, 2020, according to the indictment, Rhodes said that if Biden becomes president, it will be a bloody and desperate fight. And we are going to have that fight. It can't be avoided. Civil War Part Two, he said. Wow. Yeah. That was what was on their mind as they made that formation headed up the steps and started beating cops with U.S. flags. One of the uglier things I've witnessed. They made a plan to go to Washington to disrupt the congressional disrupt the congressional certification of Biden's uh, victory. The idea was to intimidate lawmakers into supporting Trump. So you thought they were just going to say, uh, they might hit us, so I guess we'll make the other guy president. You really think that, that could happen? Well, let me throw in my caveat real quickly. All we've heard from now is the accusers. The FBI has a history of, for instance, in the case of the Michigan plot to abduct the governor, they will infiltrate plots sometimes and practically lead them sometimes. On the other hand, I don't know that that's the case here, and the case as it's been communicated thus far seems pretty strong that these guys were intent on violence and and intimidating uh, legislators. But, you know, I'm just taking a bit of a wait-and-see attitude. Well, the violence happened. We've seen it on the video. So so somebody did it. Um, And And there uh, were guys absolutely in gear, ready for violence, and perpetrated it. And there's a lot of quotes in this story, so if they went so far as to make up the quotes, I would really be something, but... Some of the um, quotes are crazy, too. Though. They're really interesting. The only chance we have is if we scare the S out of them and convince them it will be torches and pitchfork time if they don't do the right thing. That's a crazy idea. The Oath Keepers made plans to take a small number of guns to Washington. Their thinking seems strange to an outsider, writes Byron York. On the one hand, they were a militia group, so of course they had guns. On the other, they knew that possessing the firearms was illegal in the District of Columbia. They had a hotel room or two in D.C. that they did not take any guns to, and they made the specific decision not to bring the firearms into the city. Instead, they rented uh, some rooms in suburban Virginia where you could have guns and brought an unspecified number of weapons to keep there. So there were guns about, but not there at the Capitol. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the guns were going to be part of the QRF. That was their quick reaction force that they were going to use in case of SHTF, which is caca hitting the fan. No. SHTF. Um, and that they would have to go back at their gun, get their guns, and participate in Civil War Part Two. Early in the riot, Rhodes came to the conclusion that both Vice President Mike Pence and President Donald Trump had abandoned them. That's my favorite part of this story: is that Trump is not Trumpy enough for the Oath Keepers. Pence wasn't really a surprise, but Trump had wimped out on them too. At about 1.30 p.m., Rhodes messaged his leadership group saying, Pence is doing nothing, as I predicted, and all I see is Trump doing is complaining. I see no intent, no intent by him to do anything. All he's going to do is talk. So the Patriots have to take this into their own hands. We've had enough. And that's when it was go time to get into formation and storm up the steps and start beating cops with flags, I guess. Incited the erection. Insurrection. That's, hmm. uh, that's lowbrow, Michael. Yeah, I enjoyed it. So what do you think of that? What do you think of that angle? I mean, that's the most shocking thing to me that they I assume mostly spurred on by the whole Trump thing for four or five years. When it came to go time, all he does is talk. We've got to take things into our own hands. Well, I'm reminded of the tweet we uh, featured yesterday by Ann Coulter. 
in which she uh, said essentially that Trump is not Trumpy enough. He's abandoned the cause. He's encouraging people to get the vaccine. Um, and it's just, you know, and, and that's the problem with, uh, and, and I've, I've lectured y'all, uh, past the point where you want to hear it anymore about never idolize politicians of any sort, even non-politicians from game shows who become politicians. Don't worship any human being. If you respect them, great. If you think they got it going on, super. But the idea that he was some sort of godhead and was always, always, always right. And now he's not pleased you. And so you're looking for a new god or whatever. Just, just stop it. But Stop I, it with that. I find it fascinating that, that Trump unleashed um, something in, in, in a certain group of people that they've taken beyond him. And I think that the left should recognize this. That Trump didn't... These people think Trump is weak for just wanting to talk. Right, right. Well, that reminds me of what we said many times, that Trump didn't cause the wave. Trump rode the wave of discontent, which brings us back, actually, uh, as if we'd planned this, <laughs> uh, to the freedom-loving <laughs> quote of the day uh, this morning, which uh, was from a bloke named Eric Hoffer, who Dr. Joe in L.A. alerted me to. Uh, middle part of the 20th century, he was a very, very thought-provoking writer on the topic of mass movements. And... I'll I'll give you the very, very brief version of this. Hoffer argues that fanatical and extremist cultural movements, whether religious, social, or national political, arise when large numbers of frustrated people believing their own individual lives are worthless or spoiled, or I would argue being held back. Um, They join a movement demanding radical change. But the real attraction for this population is escape from themselves and from their lives, not a realization of individual hope. A mass movement attracts and holds a following, not because it can satisfy or satisfy the desire for self-advancement, but because it can satisfy the passion for self-renunciation. I would rephrase that and say it allows you to escape your life and become something new and exciting, something with purpose, something you can really get into. And at the point that they realize Donald J. Trump, the guy from The Apprentice, got a lot of stuff right, but isn't actually interested in being your messiah. Now people are turning on him. So a little more from what came out yesterday after they've been charged with uh, whatever that heinous crime was. Uh, One of the defendants, the quoting here, uh, so they're in a stolen golf cart and they're headed toward the Capitol. These people are behind some of the uh, the others that had already gotten to the Capitol and uh, made their way in. Patriots are storing in the Capitol building. There's there's violence against Patriots by the D.C. police. There's violence against Patriots by the police because they're not letting you go in whenever you want during a congressional. Uh... Here is the danger of uh, staying in bubbles, friends. There's where vi- nobody says, uh, you know, I see a problem with your idea. There's violence against the Patriots by the D.C. police, so we're en route in a Grand Theft Auto golf cart to the Capitol building right now. It's going down, guys. It's literally going down right now. Patriots storming the Capitol building. Effing war in the streets right now. Word is they got in the building. Let's go. After it was all over on the night of January 6th, the indictment says the Oath Keepers fantasized about keeping the rebellion going. They met at a restaurant in in Vienna, Virginia. So after a day of all that mayhem, they got together at a restaurant that night. Guys got to eat. And discussed the need to continue fighting to stop the lawful transfer of presidential power, according to the indictment. One had the idea to go back to the Capitol at 6 a.m. Perhaps they had, uh, perhaps they were unaware that the Capitol is heavily protected by then. In any event, they said they would do recon in the morning. 
to figure out where they stood. That's wacky. Uh, yeah. Uh, it also goes on to talk about how the Oath Keepers, um, blah, 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 when one of the members discussed a long-term plan to go underground, we've been organizing a bug-out plan if the usurper, Biden, is installed. Something like 20-plus Oath Keepers going to Kentucky Mountains on hundreds of acres, apparently. It'll be like the NVA, that's the National Vietnamese Army, they think is what they're referring to. Uh, it'll be like the NVA and network tunnels. I think they mean the Viet Cong, but anyway. I think they do, too. Yeah, which yeah. says something about mountains of Kentucky. Beautiful. I mean, one of the most scenic parts of the United States. I recommend it for you know travel, leisure. So I don't know. I, so that that so now we know who that group was, and what's going on there. We'll learn more during the uh, trial, I'm sure. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of funny the timing of it, as you point out. A couple of days after, uh, in the very halls of Congress, they said, "Look, why do you keep calling it like an insurrection and a coup and the rest of it? You haven't charged anybody with anything near that." And two days later, uh, yeah, yeah, we have. Uh, at the same time, let's let uh, the legal system play out and, and reserve our judgment till we hear more. Are you wearing pants and shoes instead of the hot new product that is shoe pants or pants shoes or shants or poos or whatever they're going to call them? Pretty sure you're making this up. <laughs> Among other things we've got to talk about. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Good tune, Michael. Boogie Shoe Pants. <laughs> Casey and the Sunshine Band. My, this, uh, my, 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 my Boogie Shoe Pants. This is great pop music. So, uh, you like pop music. When you combine mentally ill with wealth, you get a lot of weird things. And you have that with Kanye West. Poor Kanye West. It would appear punched some guy yesterday. I don't know if you've seen this video, and it's still kind of a developing story. The video starts with Conway over a guy who's on the ground and somebody yelling, why did you hit him? And I don't know what happened there. And Kanye West, the billionaire rapper. Billionaire. Yikes. Yikes. Um, the billionaire rapper um, uh, who has said he's bipolar and everything like that and struggles with mental illness anyway. So whether he punched that person or not, I don't know. He recently has been attached to Julia Fox. Is she an actress or a singer or what is she? Hottie, thir- young, early 30s, super hot chick that he's been with. Uh, there was a, a picture came out the other day of him making out with her. And, and who are they hanging out with? I just found this interesting. So uh, they're uh, at an L.A. nightclub the other night. Kanye West and this Julia Fox are hanging out with Madonna, Floyd Mayweather, and Antonio Brown, the guy that took off all his uh, football clothes and got booted off the team. Is this a, an episode of Big Brother 10 Years in the Future or what? What the hell? How did that crew come or, together? Or big, that unholy cabal. Or Big Brother Mentally uh, mentally Unstable Millionaire or something like that. I mean, yeah. what a group of people. How did, how did those people find each other and end up hanging out? Did Jose Canseco have a prior engagement? <laughs> Good example. So anyway, and they're they're making out and everything like that. And then also this side story came up. Um, What is going on with the whole shoe pants thing? So his ex-wife, Kim Kardashian, and his new girlfriend, Julia Fox, both in the last week have sported some sort of Pant shoe combination. I uh, tweeted out, I texted out a picture so everybody can see it. But Mm. it's they're they're like one thing. 
And I don't know how you would put them on. It seems like it'd be like a 15-minute job to put them on. Nobody's exactly sure what they're called. Pant heels, peels, hants, shoe pants, whatever you're going to call them. But it's weird that his ex-wife and his new hottie girlfriend both debuted the new look in the same week. And roughly nobody else in the world. Ladies, we will post a picture at armstrongandgetty.com, but I will tell you, embracing my feminine side, they're more tights than pants, really. It's tights that just kind of connect to the shoes. That's just one example. There are other examples that are jeans and also the shoes. Is there an official name for these? Nobody knows yet. Um... So one of the questions they ask in the New York Post is, what happens if you wear them through airport security? How about if you show up in a no-shoes household? When it's time to clean them, do you go to the dry cleaner or the cobbler? What's the deal with what's the deal with sizing? Do you go with your pants size or your shoe size? <laughs> wow, you're right. I'm looking. I'm flipping now through the uh, the interwebs. Here's a leather pair. Yeah. Here here are sweats that also are slippers, and here are the jeans ones. They're from uh, Saint Laurent. They're only twenty nine hundred and ninety dollars. I do like the question. What do you do at airport security? And if you can afford these four figure Franken pants, why wouldn't you just buy trousers and shoes that you have the option of trying on separately? <laughs> you're missing the point completely. Do you wear your pants size? Because then you're not wearing shants. Is it my pants size or my shoe size? This is very complicated. So look for shoe pants near you. It's your shant size. <laughs> it's a five-digit number. <laughs> your shant size. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. At this point, it is hard to think of them as anything other than right-wing ideologues. They should all just have right-wing talk radio shows. They are not justices in the great tradition of Supreme Court justices. They're just politicians. Every single word of that was false and idiotic. That is Joy Reid of MSNBC spouting her claptrap. Worse than that, it's just... Everybody's playing with fire here with the the games of race and tearing down institutions. It's all a big game. It's all a big game to serve your uh, your particular side of the, the the battle. And once nobody trusts anything, Joy Reid, or you know uh, who's the guy that talks about the frogs, um, Alex Jones. Once nobody trusts, he talks about other things too. And but I, yes. I, I consider Joy Reid absolutely in the category of Alex Jones, absolutely. But once, once Joy Reid and Alex Jones have convinced everybody that everything is a lie and don't trust anything, where exactly are we going to be as a society? You think things are going to be better? This may be the single most pretentious thing I've ever said. Oh wow! Okay, get ready to jot it down. These people are all Iagos. Iagos. Whispering into Othello's ear. Oh, okay. Okay. I thought you had an actor. Trying to whip up jealousy and hate, and we are all Othello. There you go. That is pretentious. I thought Iagos. And long, was, too. It's kind of long. I thought the Iagos was going to be an acronym. No, no. The, uh, the Shakespearean character. Uh, Othello, famously married to, uh, what's her face? Kim Kardashian, I think. Um, and, and, and his advisor, for some reason, kept whispering uh, rumors into his ear and finally made him crazy. By the way, Joe and I have not had to surrender our royal patronage. More on that story coming up.
Glad I get to hang on to mine. <laughs> Out of my cold, dead hands. Joy Reid was referencing the Supreme Court justices there who uh, voted against Biden's uh, mandate. And, of course, they're, they're, they're just talk radio hosts. They couldn't possibly think that a government agency has no right to tell businesses that they have to force their employees to get vaccinated. What? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's proof that the Supreme Court, which was famously way, 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 way left for 75 years, is now political. Hilarious. Anyway, so here's what happened yesterday. The Supreme Court yesterday blocked the Biden administration from enforcing that vaccine or testing mandate for employers with 100 people or more, which was a a bit of of a kick in the craw for Biden and company. It was utterly predictable, though. It was indefensible. Based on the history of OSHA and the nature of OSHA and OSHA rules and that sort of thing, um, OSHA that, rules. <clears throat> that was <laughs> that was six to three with the liberals who remember progressivism, folks. Early twentieth century really got rolling. The theory was there's no such thing as natural rights. The government can do that which the government decides it can do. And if you vote for a government that decides to take away free speech, that should be okay. They believe that crap. Anyway, so by 6 to 3, they said, no, you can't force people to get a medication because conceivably they might be slightly more contagious at work. Um, And I want to get into the nitty-gritty a little more, but first the other headline they upheld, though, five to four, the idea that the federal government could mandate the jab for health care workers who work at places that work with the federal government on Medicare or Medicaid. So is that because of what Justice Kagan said? If the government's paid in for it, they get to make the rules. Yes, I think there was some sympathy. Uh, John Roberts, who... The idea that he's a conservative is uh, iffy at best, was joined by Brett Kavanaugh saying that, yeah, that seems like a legitimate uh, regulatory thing for the federal government to do, uh, protecting patients who are being paid for by the federal government. Uh, In a world where Sonia Sotomayor thinks there are 100,000 kids on ventilators across the country, which is... It's so absurdly exaggerated. I'm. It's like a, a six-year-old saying, "I got a hundred zillion toys." Well, do, do do we have any indication that anybody corrected her on that? Did did she go into her chambers with her clerks and 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 write her opinion based on her false numbers, or did anybody straighten her out? Well, I wonder that, and that's kind of what I was leading to in in a world where she says something that Looney Tunes. Are the rest of the justices aware that getting the jab? Uh, yeah, go ahead. What the hell? We have over 100,000 children, which we've never had before, in, in serious condition, and uh, many on ventilators. Yeah, except we don't. Um, you know, if, if she believes that, are the justices aware that, especially with the Omicron variant, uh, getting the jab does absolutely not mean you can't get it and you can't spread it because you can get it and you can spread it. Now, it may be for a shorter time. I suspect it probably is. But is it a 10% shorter time because you're inoculated? Is it 20%, 40%? We're not even close to having enough data to understand that. So the federal government is mandating the jab based on not community responsibility even though well i guess that is why they're ordering it but there's no community responsibility effect or at least not significant enough to justify the intrusion according to me 
The argument from Clarence Thomas, who's usually the most conservative of them all, the and argument usually right in my mind. The argument from him was this isn't got anything to do with the health stuff. It's whether or not the government can force these things to happen. That's the only question. Right. Right. Justice Thomas, joined by uh, Sam Alito, uh, Neil Gorsuch, and Amy Coney Barrett, uh, da, 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 wrote that scattered provisions in the statute did not justify the mandate without exceedingly clear congressional authorization, Justice Thomas wrote. The federal government should not be allowed to force healthcare workers to choose between losing their livelihoods and acquiescing to a vaccine they have rejected for months. These cases are not about the efficacy or importance of COVID-19 vaccines, he wrote. They are only about whether the agency has the statutory authority to force healthcare workers by coercing their employers to undergo a medical procedure procedure they do not want and cannot undo. Thomas went on to write, uh, I don't have that in front of me, but I, I got it up in my head. He said, this is a substantial move by OSHA. This is an important matter. It belongs in the legislature, not in the fourth branch of government, which doesn't exist, the federal bureaucracy. Now, as Tim Sandifer and we have discussed many times through the years, the federal bureaucracy is absolutely a fourth branch of government, and it has awesome and intimidating powers. Um, but I appreciate Justice Thomas for at least holding the line best he can. What gets left out of these conversations of the mandates all the time to me is that doesn't mean that you can't wear a mask or go get the vaccine. So you could still get get vac- get vaccinated as much as you want. Or your company can still mandate vaccines. It's just right. the government can't force them. Go fake up a bunch of IDs and get jabbed every other day for all I care. I don't. It's none of my business. Do whatever you want. I'm going to bottom line it for you, friends. The bottom line coming up. Joe's bottom line. Did it? Did it? Did it? Yeah, get the, get the theme music ready, Michael, for Joe's bottom line. <laughs> Beloved feature here on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Hey, a quick word from our friends at Simply Safe Home Security. The bottom line of this is it is better in every way. It is great home security with sensors and indoor and outdoor cameras comprehensively monitored around the clock by trained professionals. It's also not got long-term contracts. So you're not locked into that damn company that drilled all those holes in your windows. And you can get 20% off their award-winning home security in your first month that's free when you sign up for the interactive monitoring service. So we're going to give you the website. You go there. You customize it to your home. takes a couple of minutes, and if you're having any troubles with it, They'll give you free custom recommendations. They help you at every step of the way. You install the thing yourself when it comes, and it's going to take you about a half an hour, and then you've got the best home security system of 2021, according to U.S. News & World Report. And it's simple. How familiar is this? Systems are so complicated, people end up not using them. (laughs) Ring a bell. Go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Save 20% off because you know us. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Nice people, too, to deal with. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Here's the bottom line, and this is never done. And and this is a significant dividing line between lovers of liberty. Call us conservatives or libertarians, whatever you want to call us. Um, Conservatarians is the Charles C.W. Cook term. I don't mind that term at all. Uh, The difference between conservatarians and, and progressives is we demand you and the courts and, and the body politic do this. Before asking is this a good policy for the government to enact? 
ask, is the government allowed to enact the policy at all? Is it within their powers? The powers are not unlimited. They're not meant to be unlimited. The founders didn't want them to be unlimited. And by God, if you prize human liberty at all, you better pray the government's powers are not unlimited. Throttle back the power of government every single chance you get. History begs you to do this. Oh, and we're talking about the federal government. So, you know, God, if you're going to start with uh, somebody mandating, how about your county mandates it or your state mandates it? But the federal government for the whole country, every company making a rule. What? I don't think there is a single mandate from your county or your state right now, uh, COVID-related, that you should follow. Not a single one. Because it all has to do with your health, and that's your choice. Can I give you a quick follow-up on the pants shoes? <laughs> if if you must, I've actually been flipping through the Internet, and they come in a variety of styles. What do you say they're called, uh, Alex? I like shants. I think it's shants. The pants and shoes are combined in one thing. How did his girlfriend uh, end up, uh, Kanye West's girlfriend, Julia Fox, end up wearing the pants shoes that, that his wife wore? This is just getting an idea of what it's like to date a super rich guy, ladies. It's quite possible the billionaire rapper had a hand in styling his new girlfriend. He had 40 full looks, whatever that means, sent to her hotel room, totaling between $85,000 and $100,000 for her to look through for what she was going to wear for the next 40 week. 40 outfits. 40 full outfits worth $100,000 in a hotel suite for her to look through for what to wear for the next week of their dating. Wow. That's a crazy lifestyle, isn't it? Wow. That would uh, that would turn a girl's head. You'd you'd you you would overlook the boy, he smacks his gums when he eats, but he did offer me a hundred thousand dollars <laughs> worth of clothes for the week, so I guess yeah. I'll overlook that. Boy, I got a hell of a lot more outfits than that in my closet and they're worth three hundred bucks if I left a twenty in the pocket of some of my pants. <laughs> and and none of the pants are attached to the shoes. Not you a single them, one. You have, an idiot. On, you have to put them on separately like a sucker. Showing my ankles like some sort of slut. Do we have any of those pictures at armstrongandgetty.com, uh, Hanson? Or if we can, so that people know what we're talking about. Uh, we've got other news stories we got, too. There's maybe a new nasal spray that could protect you against COVID. You just squirt it in your nose and keeps the COVID away when you're out and about. That'd be pretty handy. Man, if they get that going, that'd be huge. You're yeah, about to go into Walmart. What the future of the COVID is, if I, I'm even going to care in a year. That's also a very good point. All that stuff on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We're on track. We're on track to roll out a website next week where you can order free tests shipped to your home. Wow. Shipped to your home. You think he knows about Amazon? He's a little too excited about shipped to your home. And while he's working hard to uh, get more tests, he's also trying to curtail the spread of virus misinformation. I make a special appeal to social media companies and media outlets. Please deal with the misinformation and disinformation that's on your shows. It has to stop. Well, if that doesn't stop it, I don't know what will. He asked very nicely. 
Yeah, that first part is hilarious. Shipped to your home, you say. What? Like everything I have used in the last two years. You mean? Like I ordered from the grocery store last night. That's kind of my go-to thing now, particularly with the price of gas. Although I drive a Tesla, so the argument doesn't really make sense. But I think I paid an extra 10 bucks to order my groceries online and have the DoorDash guy go get them. So not only my time of driving there, walking through the store, picking the stuff up, driving back in gas... $10? You can't beat that. Yeah, that's pretty good. And then that's several bags of groceries are at my front door. Wow. In an hour. Yeah. Pretty handy. So I haven't done that. So the grocery store throws them together and the DoorDash guy just shows up and grabs them? The DoorDash what? person goes and shops and gets them all for you. Seriously? For $10? I don't know how they come out ahead on this. I wouldn't do it for 100 Grocery <laughs> stores are too stressful. <laughs> I think you might be at a different price point than some of the people that take these jobs. But uh, when I was <laughs> when I was young, point. when I was young, I would uh, I would have been good at hustling around and doing that. Um, so we've got the video at ArmstrongandGetty.com if you haven't seen it. L.A. train tracks blanketed in empty boxes as thieves target cargo containers. This has been going on for a while. They cleaned the whole thing up a month ago, and now look at it, what it looked like yesterday, based on the video we have at ArmstrongandGetty.com. Just is just covering the ground. You can't see the ground because it's all UPS boxes, Amazon boxes, REI boxes, all the stuff that you order getting robbed off of these container out of these containers on the train. And nobody's stopping it for all the different reasons that nobody's stopping crime, I guess, anywhere else. Well, and all the bums and junkies whose uh, camps are right around those train tracks in that part of L.A., um, they all know about it. I mean, it's it's their go to how to get uh, drug money. Complete breakdown in civilization. It is a breakdown in civilization. We're going to have this weekend one of the coldest playoff football games in the history of the National Football League. Bum, 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 bum. So who's playing? It's the Buffalo Bills are playing the Patriots. Well, at least it's two teams that are used to cold weather. Mm. Uh, Temperature expected to be three degrees at game time, which will be one of the coldest games ever. Buffalo, you gotta dome that biatch up. I mean, that's just that's crazy cold. That's insane cold. Uh, there was a zero degree game in nineteen ninety four, and then there was a six degree game in uh, two thousand sixteen. So this is among the coldest games ever. I was in three degrees just the other day uh, when I was in Wichita. When we got up and went to breakfast at my niece's, uh, where she works at the restaurant, uh, it was three degrees. And um, if somebody had hit me really hard right then, I would have really hated it. <laughs> Imagine if you had to grip a football or have it hum into your hands. Because NFL quarterbacks throw hard. Yeah. The, the average person couldn't catch an NFL pass if you gave him 20 tries. Number one, their hands would be broken after two. So, yeah, I can't. That sounds miserable. Yes, Yikes. Michael. Jack, didn't you go to a game where your beer froze? Yes, I did. San Diego Chargers, Kansas City Chiefs, Arrowhead Stadium. I remember the Bears going to a Bears game where my toes got numb, then my feet got numb, then my ankles got numb. Couldn't feel anything from below about mid-calf. Yeah, I went to a Bears-Broncos game in Chicago once, and uh, it was so cold, and the game wasn't that exciting, and I thought, what am I doing? <laughs> Just so I can say I've been to Soldier Field, so I walked over to the, the museum and spent my time inside inside the museum listening much to the game. Much better idea. Yeah, much better idea. Yeah. Uh, Joe and I have not had our royal patronage taken away like Prince Andrew has. 
my biggest question is, why is this getting so much attention? So the, it would seem, perv son of Queen Elizabeth has taken, they took away his HRH, his Royal Highness. They took away his uh, title. He's not allowed to be called his Royal Highness anymore. And oh, his, no. And his military patronage is whatever the hell that means. And I've heard that story a hundred <laughs> times in the last day and can't figure out why. Is there anybody who gives a flying crap about that? I don't even know what it means. I'm not sure the Queen cares. Why Why does our U.S. news report this as breathlessly as they do? Do you have any idea? Well, because he returned his royal patron, his military patronage at her behest. <laughs> okay. Oh, uh, okay. The guy's like 90 and a perv. Isn't he old? He's not that old. The main thing is that if he's part of the royal family, it's kind of legally obligated. He's like fights this legal battle as part of the royal family. He's now just an individual Brit fighting this on his own. Wow. So Her Majesty said, yeah, yeah, we don't want anything to do with you, you damn perv. I mean, honestly, that's the bottom line, right? Yeah. Although there are some reports that she's paying his legal bills out of her own private money. But that might be something most moms do for most sons if you believe them that they're innocent. Had to sell one of her budgies. Sad. Is that a, a dog? It's a dog. It's the kind of dog she loves. Yeah. yeah. She wouldn't Budgie need to sell fan. a dog. You, you could grab a chunk of uh, ornamentation or, or royal jewelry or something anywhere you walk Some around that place. Candlestick Henry VIII had laden with diamonds or something. <laughs> exactly. He was laying around the house up in the attic. Exactly. So Lon He Chen, fabulous guest, one of our favorite people to talk to coming up next. If you miss it, grab the podcast later. Armstrong and Getty.